Hello? Hey! Hey, rock and roll, man. Rock and roll! Rock and roller. <laughs> we still gotta watch that. I know. How many Guy Ritchie movies have we not seen? I brought quite a few. I mean, you haven't seen any of the James, or not James Bond, um, Sherlock Holmeses, have you? I'm Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> I've seen two, and it's not Benedict Cumberbatch in the his name's one. The Benedict is it? Cumberbatch. Oh, is it Robert? The name's Robert Danny Jr. Yes, exactly. It's Robert Danny Jr. and, um, and, uh, who is the heartthrob? That he, he's balding, but still handsome somehow. Jeremy British. Statham. No, no. He, uh, no, he's... I thought um, Jeremy Statham was a huge Guy Ritchie guy. Yeah, he is. Um, okay. But he's not in... He's not in the... Uh, God, Jude Law. Oh, Jude Law. Hello. He is Watson. And I think really Jude Law... I mean, I, bald men claim Jude Law, but I don't think <laughs> you can refer to him as bald. I mean, maybe... I think now he may have gotten a, a rug or some kind of... Yeah. transplants but he was going bald yeah There's certainly no but he it. had a respectable baldness like the receding hairline it looked good you could comb it he still combed his hair maybe that I doesn't don't... that doesn't count as bald to me okay okay there's no like he's not like rocking the george costanza in anything no no of course he's too long <laughs> have some respect yeah, no, looking over Guy Ritchie's filmography, I would say I've I've actually not seen more than I've seen. Right. That's not surprising. I mean, have you even seen Rock and Roller? No, Rock and Roller, mate? No. So you've seen Snatch and... I've seen Lock Snatch Stock and Lockstock and Two Girls. Smoking Barrels. Okay, Correct. yeah. That it just is not even close to the man's full catalog. No, I... I'm sorry I even fronted as if I were a Guy Ritchie fan. <laughs> I think we've all learned something today, and that's that I don't really care about Guy Ritchie. But I would love to watch Rock and Roller with you at some yeah, point. Me too. Uh, who is the star in that? Um, It has that... Oh, Gerard Butler. Yes, exactly. Oh, Tom Hardy's in it. Idris Elba, good God, this guy can really cast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Everyone's lining up to work with Guy, aren't they? <laughs> in early 2000s? Ooh, Jeremy 2000s. Piven's in it. Oh! Now, that's a person that. I really do like. Now, he is a bald who yes. very much, very much has a rug now. Yes, absolutely. Uh, maybe one of the more... I mean, it looks great. His hair now looks incredible. <laughs> You think it's a rug or you think it's aggressive transplants? I don't know. I just, there's so much I don't understand about the world of augmented hair. I know. Well, we got to get in the game. Yeah. I. Again, <laughs> if things take a turn, I'm willing to take up the traveling salesman <laughs> lifestyle with you. I'm I'm right on the razor's edge. If, if any, if the wind blows, just a small gust. Right, I'm, I'm gone, baby. Throw it all overboard. <laughs> Pack up our suitcase of Bibles, Simon, and you and I are thumping from town to town, getting to know real America. Oh God, that 
that is the life for me. <laughs> we'll start, of course, in Myrtle Beach for as long as they'll have us, but I'm sure we'll be run out of town relatively quickly. Exactly. Well, well yeah, we, we got to get there while we can still uh, drink a, a glass of beer or two. <laughs> before before we've drunk the Kool-Aid of the product that we're selling and have become total teetotalers. Exactly. exactly. The product we're selling, folks, is the Bible. <laughs> you know what people are buying a lot of these days? <laughs> it's crypto and Bible these days. Some people put their money into gold, others silver. I personally invest in in the Lord's book. Absolutely. William, it's older than money. <laughs> and you know what, Simon? I think it has something to teach us about money. Yeah, it certainly does. Um, so, do you want to welcome people back? Yes, folks. Thank you so much for for uh, in, enduring that. I, I enjoyed it. I hope you did too. Welcome back to another episode of Maybe Next Time. I am your host, William Blueworth, my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation! Get those trade machines a-humming! <laughs> we are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Nets Nation. And, Nets Nation, have we got a show for you. Our beloved Brooklyn Nets continue to sit atop the East with a staggeringly impressive 18-8 and record, winning nearly 70 percent of their game simon no team is within a game of this juggernaut of the east Isn't, aren't the bulls one game behind yeah they're one game behind <laughs> yeah they're right there simon <laughs> right nipping at our heels they've beaten yeah. us twice this year if i'm I not know, mistaken yeah. um and we will get to, of course, all things Nets, and particularly, as Simon hinted at, all things trades. But before we get there, Simon, there's an ice sculpture so big, only one man can shatter it. <laughs> and that is me and my rapid-fire cues for you, buddy. Uh, okay. Okay, now the first question I have for you is a bit crude. Uh-oh. Put the kids away. Yeah. And I don't like talking about this subject, but I, I have to because it's a serious question. I want to know if this is just one of those things that I'm personally dealing with and then uh, extrapolating from that that probably all humans are dealing with this or if this is just a personal issue. Okay? Okay. I am very concerned about what this question is. <laughs> it has to do with farting. Okay. Okay. Again, I, I forewarned you and our listeners. It's crude. Farting. Do you think that farting has become more commonplace publicly post-pandemic? I mean, I know we're still in the pandemic. Obviously, we're still in the pandemic. But, like, as people emerge from the pandemic, do you think farting in public has become more of an issue? Uh, No, I have not noticed that. Personally? Or, I mean, you don't spend that much time in public, though. What do you think I'm doing? Well, you don't go into work, do you? Uh, no. Okay. Well, that's mostly where I'm noticing it at work. At work? So, Jeez. well, no, no one's farting, but... Yuck! <laughs> Yuck! Uh, is that a barking spider? Um, no, so what, what I... I mean, I this is my this is my rationale, okay? 
and and tell me if if this is just completely alien to you. I feel like people since they've been in their homes largely or many people have been in their homes for so long in isolation for so long that they grew very comfortable perhaps farting in a manner that is curbed by the fact that much of our lives are spent in public work environments, right? Uh-huh. And I feel like maybe people have lost the capacity to regulate that as much since they've gotten out of practice over the So this course is of the at pandemic. work. This is at work, yes. Okay. But I wouldn't say that I have well one time I did fart in some, in front of someone. But there are just so many times where I'm like about to really let go and I realize that I'm very much in public. Which is not <laughs> something I can basically ever recall having felt prior to the pandemic. Yeah, tighten it up, buddy. Okay, okay. So this one is just you have no no uh sympathy or empathy for this particular affliction. You think this is no. personal? Farting is for the birds. Do you do you do you pass gas often? Yes, of course. Well, I I mean, I'm human. Yeah. Uh, I have done. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't I wouldn't say I have a particular issue with it. Okay. If I may be so bold. You're not a gas ex chewer. No, no. You're not a, a never mind. Bur- Burpin's my my um Oh yeah, big my time. vice. Well, okay, it could be it could be used for that. Do you think that you might have a problem regulating burps in public? No, because generally speaking, I burp mostly when I'm consuming like either soda or beer mm. or seltzer obviously. Right. So that's you. That's not really happening in during work. And but yeah, in, in social gatherings, yeah, I probably am doing it more. I'm, you know, I don't. I, I, I think theoretically, I'm. I think it's possible I'm doing it more in you know like party atmospheres than I would. Because still, even at a party, it's not like people want you to burp in their face. No, certainly not. Certainly not. All right, we'll keep an eye on it, listeners. Let us know if you've experienced either of these things. <laughs> uh, next question, Simon. Do you like eggnog? Uh yes, I do. Okay, with or without oh, rum? Uh, both, um, both. And now a little goes a long way with eggnog. Sure, sure. You don't want like glass after glass, e- but, exactly. But a glass will do. Yeah, it's it's really nice. Warm, I actually really like cold, that. or or tepid. Well, good question. So I like the top to be kind of warm. You know, the the foam part, if that can be a little warm. But then the milk part, the the cream part at the bottom. Yeah, I'd like that to be cold. Okay. So kind of a mixture of heat, hot and cold. Excellent. So to stay on that this sort of holiday theme. Yes. Uh, in this Nets podcast, what in your opinion is the best Christmas movie? Oh, definitely a Christmas story. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That's that's quite um, sentimental of you. Yeah, no, I I I love that movie. I I like watched that movie as a kid and I can, you know, still watch it today and and enjoy and i've probably seen it as many times as almost any movie because it's right. always on in, in yeah yeah Christmas. yeah the uh, bb gun the uh leg lamp the leg yes. lamp is incredible <laughs> i'd love to get a leg lamp i bet you could get one pretty easy yeah I, I i agree i think i'm a home alone guy okay okay yeah but you know i like christmas stories great although i don't think i've watched it in probably in a, in a while, 
several yeah. years, over five years, probably. Yeah. Um, one more of these, and then we're gonna. I promise we're gonna get to the nets. Simon, if you could only one type of cracker for the rest of your life, hmm. what type of cracker would it be? Good question. I think it would be a Ritz cracker, and that's not because Ritz's are overall my favorite. Like, if you give me a one-off, eat a cracker of some kind, it probably would be Cheez-Its. Uh-huh. Um, Over goldfish? But, um, yeah, probably. That's a close call, but yeah, probably. But I think that eating that forever would be... Um, could get annoying whereas like a ritz it just you you take a ritz you you pound a ritz you don't even think about it you could eat a million ritz okay i don't i i find them ritz harder to go deep on honestly than a uh cheese it or something like that okay uh, i yeah i mean I, they're buttery rich mm. yeah i know but that's that's sort of what slows me down it's like eating a breaded shrimp at a uh <laughs> oh, no. at an all-you-can-eat shrimp affair no, 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 no. That, that's just straight up a mistake. Uh, all right, final rapid fire, Simon. Are you a Bimbry guy or a Bruce Brown guy? Oh, you know, I really do like them both. Me too. Um, I mean, no, there's, there's, there's no wrong answer here. I, I, I guess answering either way kind of hurts, though, doesn't it? Yeah, I guess I'll go with Bruce Brown just because I saw Bruce Brown be a very good contributor in the playoffs and I don't know if Bembry can do that. So I'll, I'll hold on to, to Bruce Brown. But now, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Who, which of those two is the better three point shooter? Would you guess? I, or, I mean, please look it up. And, I guess and I would guess Bembry, but I don't think either one is good. I don't think so either. I would guess that both of them have a below 30% three point average. Yeah, I think that's that's probably fair. I'm looking up DeAndre Bembry now. He is at for the season. He is shooting whoa, forty percent. That's um, gotta be a. He but doesn't for career, shoot him very he's often. 27. 27, 20, okay. 27. so twenty-eight. Mm-hmm. Um. So yes, uh, he is shooting out of his mind. Although not on. He does not take them very much. Um, he takes like point nine a game. Right. Yeah. No. It's not. He's not a high volume three point shooter at this point. Uh, so Simon, as I mentioned at the top, the Nets are at the top of the East, right? Yes. We're the best in the East. But 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 but. There's a huge butt, I feel like, hanging over this team being good this season. We're just full of reservations. We're full of anxieties. We're full of concern because mm-hmm. there hasn't been really a, a statement win. We haven't beaten any of the elite, other elite teams, the Bucks, the Suns, the Warriors, the Bulls, any of these good teams. We just can't beat them. Uh, so I wanted to just, before we take a deep dive into trade time... Uh-huh. I wanted to go through and talk about a little bit of the good, right? Because we are at the top of the East, so there's some good happening. So I wanted to just talk about the things we think are good about the Nets right now at, before we obviously inevitably delve into what's still got us a bit concerned about this team. So why don't I get us started with a good statement? 
Okay. Okay, and then I'd I'd love to hear what you think is good because there has to be some positive in a team that's first in the East, right? Yes. Or can you see no positive in this team? No, no, William. I've got my happy face on. <laughs> All right. Good for me. Claxton and James Johnson seem to have. I won't say solidified because I I don't think you can ever say um, a Steve Nash lineup is solidified. He, he he changes these things around all the time. But the at least a couple games recently, Claxton and Johnson have been out there closing games, and I think those two add a defensive toughness and versatility that really serves this team well. Yeah, I agree. I I agree. I I have liked that lineup, and I'm very glad that James Johnson has been able to contribute um, because I had thought in the the early season that, like, he just looked too bad offensively to really keep on the court for very long. Mm -hmm. Uh, But – and that is still – he's very offensively limited. But his – as you said, his defensive versatility um, is really valuable and – you know, uh, especially against teams like I, I think it would have been great if we had played him more uh, against like a team like the Warriors, um, you know, um, for switching and whatnot. Um, because, yeah, yeah, there's certain teams, especially where he's, he's useful. So, yeah, I, I agree. All right. What what's some other good you see in the Nets right now? Um, I I mean. Kevin Durant is is fantastic. He's he's as we were talking about last night. It it seems like Steph Curry is is the near unanimous pick for MVP, but KD would be second. And you know it's a long season, um, still sixty six percent or so to go. Um, and uh, you know he's he's just awesome. Um, he, you know, you you always assume he's going to make whatever shot he takes. He can, the toughest times can just manufacture points when you need him. He's pretty good defensively again. Like we saw him kind of take on Trey young, um, in the late stages. Got a key block yesterday late in that Hawks game. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, I don't know. He's, he's an incredible, incredible player. We're very lucky to have him. Um, yeah. And, and he's doing it all. I mean, the, the scoring is incredible because, you know, when we'll get into this in a bit, James Harden's having problems with the, the space on this, on this team right now with Joe Harris being out and the, this, the space sort of collapsing, but Durant is able to manufacture buckets with the lack of space and teams often throwing double teams at him yes absolutely it's i I mean i i understand people are dazzled by steph curry as they should be i mean it is remarkable to see you know and his team is doing staggeringly well but i i really do think it's a disservice not to still have those two neck and neck. Like, I don't think Steph Curry is demonstrably having a, a better season than, than Kevin Durant, what Kevin Durant is doing. And he's leading his team to the first, the best record in the East. And he is scoring on it on a team that aside from himself, most nights really doesn't have a lot else going on offensively. Yes, that is completely true. I agree with, with all of that. My final good, Simon, uh, Simon, is another offensive uh, bright spot, and that is 
rookie sensation Cam Thomas. Oh, sure. I like him. He's, uh, you know, we, we all know his, his flaws uh, in that he is an incredibly selfish <laughs> player, but he's young and he can get buckets and he is a spark plug that this team uh, oftentimes desperately needs. Yes, um, and had a good had six rebounds last game. Um, you know he he does do some some good stuff. Uh, like uh, aside from 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 scoring, um, uh, you know he's gotten some blocks. Um, he has not looked to me anyway. I test wise terrible on defense. I think it's more with him on defense. I suspect it's more like uh, like off ball understanding like what the offense is trying to do and trying to stop it and you know getting pin you know like getting beat by a screen or not understand you know what i mean like i i bet it's more like that and then like his his the player he's supposed to be guarding is like wide open because he got way late on some sort of you know complex scheme he doesn't understand yet um because i think one-on-one he looks okay he doesn't look great but he looks perfectly fine um yeah, I, I I think Cam has been a, has been a shot of life. I am, as I said last night, a little worried. I want to keep an eye on the old plus minus thing, not because that's the best stat tracker, but I had noticed um, some quite alarming like minus twenty twos or you know like like quite bad plus minuses. Yesterday he was plus sixteen, which is great. Um, uh, but I just sort of I wonder if there's something some stuff he's doing that is like kind of making the team worse that we, that is not like immediately apparent, but I, yeah, I test wise, he looks great. All right. Well, that brings us to the inevitable Simon, which is our <laughs> anxieties. We try, you know, we, we both practice the power of positive thinking, I think. Oh yeah. Especially me, especially you, but <laughs> inevitably our fatalistic, anxiety-ridden worldviews drown out that positivity that we try to bring. And we feel bad about stuff. And I think a thing that, you know, you've been hammering all year, but increasingly I'm becoming a little concerned with is that James Harden still isn't quite James Harden. Yeah. Uh, You sent me the Michael Pena si article yes on whether james harden's declining why don't you talk a little bit about whether you think this is an actual decline whether this is a conditioning thing where are you at now in the why isn't james harden our second superstar so i think it's a combination of things um i do think it it has to do with the fact that he's 32 he's lived hard uh, out off the basketball court and played a lot of basketball minutes. Um, that's pretty old, 32. No one would say that that's, you know, at best that's like the twilight of a prime um, for most people. Now, Kevin Durant appears to still be in his prime. But um, but for most players, I would say 32, you're starting to... to um, <laughs> and... <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so I think it's partially that. I think that, you know, that hamstring injury obviously had an impact on him and had an impact on his ability to be conditioned. Um, 
heading into the the season and I think may still be bothering who knows like he'll never say that it is bothering him but it may still you know some lingering effects of that but I really really do believe William and I've said this before but I, I really the more that I see it and the more like inconsistency to me speaks to this being the issue I think it's between the ears mostly I think most of what he's dealing with is a lack of confidence a lack of of self-assuredness that he can, you know, deliver. And, um, you know, I'm, I am not saying that I would be, you know, a, a cold blooded killer. If I had the talent and skills of, of James Harden, I would, I would be very scared, uh, in an NBA atmosphere. But I, I do think that it's like, it's a little fishy to me that like, on your return to Houston, you're terrible. In games against really good teams, you're terrible. Um, and then and, other games, you look like a fucking MVP right, candidate. Exactly. So to me, that is less like, oh, I'm declining, and more like, I am, I, my mind is taking over here. Oh, no. Do we need to get Rondé Hollis Jefferson, sports psychologist, <laughs> on, on the case? Yes. We, I, I, th- I think we might, William. No, I, I agree, and I think that a lot of people are saying, like, I think he, I think he lost his burst, right? There are certainly games where it appears that way, but then yeah. watch the next game, right. and he's the best player on the court, you know. Right. So it's like, it's like the physical thing. I'm having a hard time believing, as well, as you just put it, that the physical, that it's a physical thing. Uh, which leaves, yes, psycho- like a psychological thing is really the only the only possible explanation. Um, that said, if he keeps playing this inconsistently, Simon, mm-hmm. uh, how are you feeling about the contract that we would be having to offer him at the end of the season? That is a great question, William, and I, I don't think it's it's never too early to think about right. this. Right, it seems really early to bring it's, that up, but I it's but I've been thinking about it. I really have. I mean, I think, I, I, I mean, we'll see if if it's like if it is like this, like where he's averaging twenty one points, he's not shooting particularly well. Like I think there will be at least some pause in giving a guy a five-year contract, Vax contract. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would be trepidatious. Like, if he's shooting 40% or whatever he's shooting now, 41%, um, by the end of the year and has, like, a bad playoffs, I would be wary. Um, yeah, I, I, and I think it's, it's, it's just a really unfortunate situation for the Nets to be in. And I think this happens with so many stars because someone's going to give it to him. Right. Yeah. And you don't want to lose him for nothing since you gave up so much to get him here. Exactly. Um, It's a similar situation with like Damian Lillard, right? There's all these rumors that he wants this massive extension. It would essentially make him the highest paid player in NBA history. And this season he's been terrible. And he has like this lingering abdominal thing, but at the same time, you know, like the team really can't be like, no, <laughs> right, fuck off, because uh, then I'll just demand it. You'll, you'll lose him anyway, you know. So right. teams then get backed in this corner where you're going to have a guy who's going to have the John Wall or the Russell Westbrook contract, and it's going to look ridiculous, and it's going to 
uh, be an issue going forward. So, yeah, I mean, we're not there yet. This is way too early. There's a very good chance that the second half of the season, James Harden gets over whatever he's going through right now and is the, you know, perennial top five MVP candidate. And it's just a no brainer. Give him whatever contract he wants and just pray he signs it type of thing. Yeah. But I do think that, as you said, it's never too early to start <laughs> to start worrying about Nets getting backed into a corner where they're offering a guy who's clearly in decline a contract that will completely hamstring us from uh, developing as a team. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Folks, Nets Nation should be right where, where we are, William. We should be we should be thinking about that with at least every fifth Nets thought. I think. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Another kind of bad, Simon. Millsap and Blake Griffin look borderline unplayable, and Javon Carter has not been a fit at all. Yes. Um, I think all three of those pieces were guys that we thought would be contributing rotation players. Yes, I thought Javon Carter was going to be the the most improved player on this team. I thought you were going to I thought it was going to be a love story with you and Javon. He was the bulldog of your dreams. <laughs> uh as far as I can tell, you you've developed no taste for a man Javon. I don't think anyone has. I mean, he here here's something I don't know if I've said this on this podcast. Apologies if I have, folks, but to me, like his, I was excited to hear he was like a pick the guy up at ninety five feet, and you know doggedly defend and stuff. And he is a good defender, but I think that I think a lot of it is gimmicky. I really do. I think some like I've never seen him like steal the ball when he's guarding somebody at ninety five feet. I sort of feel like he does that as like a kind of his calling card. You know, I'm tough, but like it's not all that effective. But producing anything and i i know i feel like i like i said i i i said the other two were borderline unplayable and i i very deliberately said javon carter has not been a good fit uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, because i do think that that it does feel a bit gimmicky on this team and the way it's being deployed but i have seen javon carter and why i was so excited about him i have seen him be a real pest two opposing point guards and be in that second unit and manufacture steals and manufacture, you know, uh, breakaway easy points because of his defense. Um, but it just, it, on this team, it, it seems like he's the only one buying into that. And as a result, it just looks like, uh, yeah. Okay. We get it. That's your, that's your shtick. Yeah. But it, when, when, when the rest of the team is just running back in, not pressuring uh that it just sort of seems to fall apart right right totally um and and between uh, paul millsap and blake griffin you know i think when blake griffin was playing uh we were praying for paul millsap to get more time now that paul millsap's playing at least i uh, for me i can't wait for blake griffin to come <laughs> get some more time or anyone beside paul millsap <laughs> It's it's not not a good scene with those two at the moment. Yeah, but I think I look. I think like what we've been fortunate about is like as big men have kind of ebbed, others have flowed. So we saw good minutes from Nick Claxton last night. We saw great good minutes, for, well, decent minutes from James Johnson. He got a lot of rebounds. Um, so those two are like rising, 
as your um, and 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 um, Lamarcus has been fine. I mean, again, Lamarcus, if you can play drop coverage, is probably our best big. I think if you need to switch, he is awful um, and kind of like tough to to play, even though he's like good offensively. Yes, definitely our best offensive big, hands down. Um, and final final kind of bad note which has just loomed over the entire season continues to be uh, the voice of the voiceless Simon yes Kyrie Irving and his absence I do like the virtual media blackout of conversations about him yeah yeah um I mean just nothing to report um the thing I sent you is like a, a true exercise in like trying to find something right so you sent me the thing about how <laughs> he'd be willing to take the vaccine if it were vegetable yes there, but that is just pure speculation <laughs> it's not even like a source close to Kyrie says that it's right. just like maybe he would like the plant one right <laughs> if it's a plant-based <laughs> vaccine he's all in reports but, a tweet right and it was, but an amazing, and it's also not going to be approved in, it's approved in like Canada or it's scheduled to be approved in like Canada or some other country by like March, 2022. Unclear how he would get it. I guess he could fly there. Yeah. Um, not sure that the NBA would accept that as a viable vaccine, but so funny that there's nothing going on that. I will say, as I texted you, I do think Scoop B who wrote the story that we're, we're playfully mocking um has had a pretty good inside track on Kyrie so maybe it's like the same way that Woj will say like hey maybe this team will do this thing and not say that sources have told him that but in in fact that is something that he's heard um but I, another key point of that William the only other thing I, I wanted to talk about on that story is that there's a quote in there that that is from a source close to Kyrie that says I have never seen Kyrie happier and that for listeners of this podcast you will be not shocked of course uh, not he i i right i've never seen a human more miserable (laughs) than Kyrie irving when he's playing about 50 percent of the time uh he just looks so sad out there he's clearly made miserable by the stardom and pressure of the nba uh, I think he will be a, a significantly happier person once he's not playing basketball. It's just a shame that we're paying him whatever, <laughs> $37 million a year to uh, find his joy in not playing basketball. Yeah. Uh, but I think we're going to talk quite a lot about Kyrie Irving in our trade segment, which we will turn to right after, Simon, this commercial break. Woo-hoo. Uh, football fans... I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest... I'm I'm glad that they're giving us NFL, at least. The NHL. (laughs) There's only so many times I can implore our listeners, our poor, patient listeners, to care about the NHL. Now, I don't care about the NFL either, but I know that it's popular. And surely some of our listeners are interested in the NFL. And it's not about who's going to light the lamp. Is that the thing? Light Mm -hmm. the lamp. Anyway, with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. I have never 
Now, again, I'm not a football fan. I've never heard of a 0-0 football game. Me neither, William. I, 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 I don't think that... When has that ever happened? I don't think it's ever happened. So new customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. Simon, you want to take the bullet points? Absolutely, but uh, I'm going to turn it over to my friend, uh, the Cape Crusader, the Dark Knight, Batman. Batman. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, <laughs> you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. We'll have you saying, where is she, to that deal. With, where is she? Where is she? DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. It's the deal. It might not be the deal you want, but it's the deal you need. Gotham City, here's my call to action. Download. <laughs> That's a really good one, Simon. Thank you, thank you. Uh, you were Christian Bale. I, I, I. Yes, absolutely. You weren't Michael Keaton on that one. No, no. Hello, I'm Batman. Hey. Or Val Kilmer. He was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> He's stuck. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $1 on any team score and you win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting part of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. NG, Indiana, Pennsylvania. Only new customers. Only minimum $5 and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And we are... Done with that, Simon, mercifully. That might be uh, one of the last uh, reads we do for old uh, DraftKings. Yeah. They maybe. contacted us directly. Did I tell you that? Oh, no. Uh-uh. Yeah, they, they were like, yeah, do you want to read some of our ads and we'll pay you? How many listeners do you have? Oh. I never got, I never got back to them, but uh, maybe I should have. She followed up with me, too. DraftKings did? DraftKings directly contacted me, yeah. Oh, my. Which shows me that they probably didn't actually listen to the episode because we are already reading ads for them. But Yeah. Uh, you know, I like to think maybe maybe they just skipped over the ads but listened to the rest. Yeah, yeah. an odd listening technique. But Yeah, I mean, I and try one to, that I try to do that. never, ever do. Oh, no, no, no. Listen to this podcast. No, no, no. Put $1 on any team to score one point. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, now it's time for the meat of the matter, Simon. We're talking trades. Why are we talking trades? Uh, December 15th, baby, 400, uh, like 80-some percent of the 400-plus players in the league are uh, up for trade. And so it's thought that, you know, that's, that's when trades will start to really um, happen. Things are going to pop. Things are going to move. Do you think... Any nets are going to move, realistically. Huh. Um. I actually think that it will probably be will be a trade deadline team more so than a kind of trade season opening kind of team. Uh-huh. But I don't know. Yeah, I I do have a feeling this team's going to get a shakeup for sure. Okay. Um. So I have come up with a number of different trade possibilities. 
these are based. I tried to look through to see what teams like there are some obvious ones. Pacers very publicly said their guys are on the trading block, right? Yeah. Uh, Blazers, Ben Simmons, Kings, all this stuff. I tried to look through all the teams and come up and see like which ones might realistically be trying to to trade someone. So uh-huh. why don't we start? With uh, some of the more obvious ones, the big ones, and we'll work through this list. Um, Pacers, Simon. They can't trade Brogdon, but it's rumored that Sabonis, Miles Turner, and Karis LeVert, former Net, a guy you are a big fan of, are all on the trading block. Uh, And I've got a trade to present to you, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. Okay. Uh, we trade away beloved sharpshooter Joe Harris and rookie phenom Dayron Sharp. Okay. Right, and and so these trades also, I, I I did try to take the other team into account. You know, something they'd realistically want. So Joe Harris, probably they would want to get a third team involved who would want Definitely. Joe Harris, and they would get like something back for that, a, a, probably a pick. But Dayron Sharp, I could see them being interested in, right? As like a as exciting prospect, uh-huh. um, and we get for that Miles Turner. I had that exact trade. Well, not that exact trade, but Miles Turner for Joe Harris trade. Yes, you're into it. Um, I am. I feel like to me that is a trade you make if you believe that Joe Harris is not going to get you much in the playoffs. Like if you think Joe Harris is going to miss his threes. And he's going to be a defensive liability and just not really help you, then yeah, getting a Miles Turner makes sense because that's a guy who, even if he's struggling from three, um, he'll get you some rebounds. He'll be a decent defender. Really he... good defender. Really, really good rim protector. Okay, yeah, and well, I uh, think he leads the league in blocks. He's a, he's extraordinary. Rim oh me, oh my. Yeah. Um and. You know, can switch some. So, so, um, yeah. In, in that case, then it's fine. But because, but I do, I do feel like if if the Nets and and, and I, I I would be fine for this trade because I am very nervous. Not as nervous as you, but I am very nervous about Joe Harris's pressure pressure cooker moments. I, I'm not sure I trust him. Um, so, um, but I do think that if if Sean Marks is like, you know what? I think Joe Harris can be better in the playoffs. I think he's probably not going to make a trade like that because, you know, in theory, I think a player like Joe Harris is more valuable than a player like Miles Turner. Yeah, and I do think some of Miles Turner's comments recently suggest that he would like a bigger role mm. offensively, and he's sort of frustrated by his role offensively in, in Indiana, and I definitely don't see him having a bigger role. In Brooklyn. Right. He's at best the third option. Exactly. What about uh, any, I mean, Sabonis would be great to get, but I don't think that we have what it would take to get him. I uh, think they're probably looking for a couple first round picks. And uh, thank you. Thanks to James Harden. I don't think we have a first round pick for the next 36 <laughs> years. Right. right. Um, and any, any hopes, any fantasies of a Karis reunion? <laughs> um, I don't see how we would structure that um just because i don't know that we have the con i mean we could trade joe harris right but i, don't I mean how do you feel about a joe that. harris for Karis? i don't want that same 
yeah. I mean, you know, I, I know Karis has a relationship with Durant, but um, I don't think there's going to be a lot of interest in getting Karis on this team. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the next team. Blazers. Okay. Blazers. So I think the two realistic targets, obviously, are Nurkic and McCollum. Okay. And I think we can get them both. And I think Whoa. we could use them both. You I think, think we could get Nurkic and McCollum. I do. Would you like to know how? I would like to know how. Kyrie Irving and Dayron Sharp. You th- really? You think that they that the Blazers would want Kyrie Irving? They I would, think they would be absolute. Kyrie Irving is unequivocally an upgrade up from CJ McCollum. Uh huh. There in theory, I mean he doesn't, but he's a nut <laughs> who no coach once right but i mean this is an interim gm right you're an interim Uh gm you've got to swing for the fences if you have a chance at bringing a potential all nba guy onto your team by getting rid of two guys that basically the entire fan base is completely soured on and are like get rid of them we have no chance of doing anything with them like that's a swing for the fences move kyrie irving would go there and torture their fan base that would be great for us (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I would suck to lose Dayron Sharp, but they could also justify and be like, this is both a present move and a future move in the, in bringing in Dayron Sharp. And we would get Nurkic, a pretty solid, you know, starting center in the league. And McCollum, who would be, uh, you know, a, another great addition where Patty Mills could move back to the bench and McCollum could be the starting two guard. Um, does it work salary cap wise? Yes, all of these. So all of the trades I'm I'm gonna present were approved by the old trade machine. Wow. Yeah. So your your main contention is uh, that the Blazers would just be like, no, I, I'm we're not taking a chance on Kyrie. Yeah. Uh. Yes. But I mean, otherwise, you'd be trade. into it. You'd love yes, it. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's a good one. Let's talk Kings. Kings are a team that, uh, as usual, are a complete dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. Um, so presumably, and they have way too many people who play the same position. They definitely would be open for, for trade talks, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Uh, let me run two past you. Both of them are Kyrie. Okay. Four. First one, Kyrie for Harrison Barnes and Marvin Bagley. How do you feel about that? Uh, so we get a big rangy wing in Harrison Barnes, yeah. who's pretty good. He's their best, like been their best player all year, um, and has shown that he can be a complimentary piece on a championship level team. Uh, and then Marvin Bagley, a little little bit of future candy for us, a development guy, <laughs> and like a number two pick, right? Number two, yeah, picked over Luca and Trey Young. Doesn't look great in retrospect. No. Uh, um, yeah, but what do you? What do you? Would you? I mean, do you think the Kings would have? Again, Kings are like, hey, we bring in Kyrie Irving, we're automatically a more interesting team than we currently are because he could be great. Right. I think that they would be the only thing. I I am similarly fine with that. I really feel like Kyrie's never going to play. Of uh, veggie um, vaccine notwithstanding, um, I I. So yeah, I, I would take it. I, I just similarly feel like the Kings would be like, I don't. Th- I think Kyrie's just going to retire if we trade for him. Okay. Well, uh, spoiler yeah. alert. I think you're going to be down on a lot of these trades if that's your attitude. Because my, 
my thinking is that uh, that that these teams, a lot of the teams that I'm putting forth, like I said with with Portland. They have a new GM. He has to swing for the fences. The Kings, they're a complete dumpster fire. They've been irrelevant forever. They've missed the playoffs for longer than any team ever. Why not take a chance at getting an all-NBA guy, right? So, like, my, I agree with you, ultimately, that, like, if I were a GM, I'm not taking a chance on Kyrie. But I could also see some of these teams, these franchises being so desperate that they could talk themselves into it. There, so I think you need to I think we need to just suspend our disbelief a little bit. Sure, sure. Otherwise these are just going to be <laughs> everyone's <laughs> like yeah, ain't happening. Ain't happening. <laughs> well, I mean, so the thing is for me, I yeah, because I don't think Kyrie's coming back, I would take almost anything. Not totally anything, but almost anything. Yeah, and that's sort of what I was saying with like the Harrison Barnes and Bagley. Like they want to get off Bagley's 11 million dollars. They would have to give up a good guy in Harrison Barnes, but they don't need like a good 29-year-old wing, you know? He doesn't fit their timeline. He's not like he's not good enough to elevate them to relevancy obviously. And Harrison Barnes is just like, you know, tears below Kyrie Irving in terms of of talent. So they'd be getting by far the best player. And that's why it's like, you know, it it is kind of a loser trade for us because we're basically taking on a bad contract in Bagley. But I do think Harrison Barnes would help a lot more than a completely absent Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Um, ben Simmons, obviously, I like the Kyrie for Ben Simmons thing straight yeah, up. Too. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately. Okay, and now here's where we get into slightly more interesting territory. Now, these, again, are teams that um well i'm sorry i haven't really let you present any well i have um i have one more for you and it's another Kyrie one okay let's hear it before so, i before i ramble on part, any longer part of the part of the reason um that i'm saying this is that bobby marks was saying that he thinks maybe um the um Clippers or the Mavericks could be potential uh, Kyrie suitors. I've got them both on my list. Yeah. So uh, who do you got? So I think we could potentially get Porzingis. Yes, I agree. I have that as a straight up, and it works. Kyrie for Porzingis. Salaries work. Works in the trade machine. You would do it. I I would do it, and I think we might even be able to get Trey Burke. <laughs> yeah. Along for the. I don't mind a Trey Burke. He was phenomenal he, last year in the playoffs. He's you know he's. Sort of like the uh, older Cam Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yes, that that to me is is an enticing. Again, anything for Kyrie. Anything is enticing. enticing. I agree. But that's that's an interesting one. Absolutely, like a, a I'm into it. I'm I'd be totally into it for Porzingis, as well. I mean, again, I'm into it for almost anyone. I want Kyrie to be some other team's problem, and <laughs> I would like any playable person back. Yeah, uh, yeah. Did you look into anything with the Clippers? No. I've got one for you, and it works in the trade machine. Uh-oh. Here we go. Kyrie Irving for three Clippers players. Okay. Marcus Morris. Okay. Serge Ibaka. Oh, my. Who would love to reunite with his for, former yeah, OKC de- running mates. Definitely. And is basically doesn't really have much of a role, as far as I know, on the Clippers right now. And the one that got away, Simon... Lucky Luke Kennard. <laughs> okay. What that do you think is, about that? I, I, 
<laughs> I mean, it's okay. It's okay. Like I Serge mean, Ibaka more playable, arguably, than Paul Millsap and Blake Griffin. Yes. Okay? Yes. Marcus Morris actually playable power forward can can spread the floor. Uh, hit some threes. Pretty good offensively. They gave up a grip to get him a couple years ago. He's a decent player. Can play in the playoffs. Tough guy. Would bring yep. that grit, that toughness has, you like. Has, has grit, annoyingness. Right. And lucky Luke Kennard, uh, you know, a poor man's Joe Harris. <laughs> now, do you think the Clippers are, you know, Bobby Mark says they might be interested in something like this. They need a point guard like that. Why not yeah. take a chance? Why not? Right. And they, you know, this year is kind of a crapshoot for them. Right. They don't know if they're getting their guy, Kawhi, back. So. Yeah, it, it could be. And I feel like that team is a little panicky. Yeah. I mean, those are three guys who I could see being in our rotation. And to get three rotation guys for Kyrie Irving, that would be incredible. Yeah. I Kennard, I'm not as big a... No, I mean... I mean, I don't think... Uh... Mama Kennard is that into Lucky Luke Kennard right now. <laughs> He's just a tough guy to love at this point in the NBA. Uh, sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Fuck you, Kyrie. Please be someone else's problem. I cannot <laughs> wait. I did hear reports that the Nets are, are, you know, I think Zach Lowe said it. They are taking calls. Yeah, I'm sure that's just ringing off the hook. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sean Marks is like, no, seriously, if someone calls, I'm available. <laughs> yeah, my Anytime I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in a completely, I'm in the Australian time zone right now, but just wake me up. It doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. You want to talk, Kyrie? You've want... you got my ear. <laughs> yeah. You've got my attention, fellow GM. <laughs> all right. I got three other teams, Simon. Okay. And these are all, these are, oh no, one, I'll do the one non-Kyrie one first, because we're getting so much Kyrie. Let's talk Houston Rockets. Oh, sure. <clears throat> Christian Wood. Yes. A, a great rebounder, pretty good offensive player, can, can shoot it a bit. Uh, interesting, interesting guys. Work ethics questioned a little bit, but you know, if he's around Durant and knows he has a championship, maybe that could inspire him. So we get Christian Wood and we send out this works, uh, Joe Harris. Now this would obviously involve a third team who would take, uh, that could use Joe Harris. Right. Right. And that would then send Houston some picks because Houston doesn't need Joe Harris or want right. Joe Harris, but the Christian Wood, Joe Harris framework money wise works. Okay. Um, I'm a little worried about him, right? He, he's the toot issue. The is... toot, yeah, he's a horrible attitude. Gives it, doesn't, I mean, I have him <laughs> on my fantasy team, and he'll go, like, one night it'll be, like, 30 and 20, and the next night it'll be, like, 4 and 2, because apparently he pouted through the game. Like, I'm not watching these Houston games, <laughs> but, like, even the Yahoo fantasy, you know, um, out, you know, outlook or whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's just like, yeah, I guess Christian decided to take this one off. <laughs> so, yeah, but I mean, he's on an irrelevant team. Uh, and you could you could imagine if he's in a scenario where the stakes are a bit higher, where you're around maybe the greatest living basketball player in Kevin Durant, that that could inspire him to give a shit a bit more. He, um, I mean, he's... at this point, frankly, I, 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 I'm in a similar boat with uh, Kyrie Irving uh, with Joe Harris. Ouch. I don't I, don't, I have I don't. fully 100% lost all faith in Joe Harris being a good contributing player in the playoffs. Okay. 
I got I it's my my jersey it was burned and stays burned. Oh jeez. Yeah, pretty harsh. All right, my final two wild 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 Kyrie trades. Uh-huh. One. We get on the horn with legendary GM Messiah Jiri. Uh-huh. And we say Hey, you know how your former All-NBA, now kind of crackpot Pascal Siakam has been disappointing Raptors <laughs> fans for about two and a half seasons now? Crackpot. Well, I think he needs to change his scene, Masai. Uh, and I'll tell you who certainly needs a change of scene, both legally and uh, professionally, and that's Kyrie Irving. <laughs> one for one, Kyrie for Siakam. It works. The money works. We actually save a bit of money this way. Raptors justify it to themselves by saying, okay, we just became relevant again. You put Kyrie on this team with four of the NBA's rangiest defend- defenders. You know, they got all those long-armed, crazy OG Ananobi types. Uh, Kyrie can be the offensive wizard that he is and those guys can be the lockdown defensive gurus they are and they could get somewhere in these yeah um i i feel is he on a pascal is on like a max yes yeah it's like 33 so million so or he's something. not they're yeah they got to be kind of nervous about that contract yeah they don't want it and it's longer than Kyrie's, so they'd be getting off time uh, I could see him, you know, convincing yeah, themselves. I, I, I agree. If only like a way to kind of like rebuild a bit and make yeah, I don't know. I, it frees up future cap space and you have a, you know, a roll of the dice that this guy's going to come and be any good. And if not, what his contract expires, not uh, after he has a player option next year. Right. Yes. Yeah. And you know, who knows? No, it's, it's, fruitless to try to speculate what he'll do with that player option but uh, oh yes but that's only one more year where i think siakam has three more years so yeah so you could see you could see the raptors convincing themselves sure i know i know i've convinced myself they could convince themselves (laughs) because i need some hope that Kyrie leaves my final one and this is a desperate this is true desperation simon the orlando magic okay The Orlando Magic. They got a lot of guys. And maybe... Oh, I think the DeVosses are the owners. Okay? Really? Known morons. Yes. Uh, so they could be like, wow, we, we did decide to tank last year. We got a lottery pick. We fucked that up by drafting Jalen Suggs, who apparently he is, is... He's been a, a real stinker. Um... And they, the DeVosses, in their endless stupidity, may feel that they should be relevant again, even though they haven't been relevant since Shaq and Penny were there. Uh, oh, I guess Dwight Howard. That was that was after that. Since Dwight Howard. Um, and they may be able to convince themselves. I'm sure they're anti-vaxxers, too. They oh, could yeah. be like, hey, you've got a safe, safe space here, Kyrie. For sure. Uh, come on down to Florida. You'll be the, you know, deputy governor if you'd like uh for your views on vaccination right um help kill off a tenth of our population Kyrie. um so anyway we send them Kyrie, and we get this following package back simon i love this package this might be my favorite package okay we get three key pieces for the future 
one seven foot two uh, yet to reach his potential mo bamba okay he's the he's the crown jewel of this package oh no then a guy we used to talk about endlessly in trades one of the yippiest yipsters of all time (laughs) markel fultz (laughs) and then as if mo bamba and markel fultz aren't enough for fucking lunatic Kyrie. We get bust of a lottery pick Jalen Suggs. You think they're already going to cash no. out Jalen Suggs? <laughs> they would have to be out of their minds to already cash out on Jalen Suggs. But that's my that's my yeah. uh, trade, and I'm sticking to it. What do you think? You in, you out. Uh, sure. <laughs> Which of those three most excites you? Bamba. Really? You were yeah, always a full snut. What? You were always a Fultz nut. Yeah, I know, but I kind of now I know Fultz is like he's neither a total disaster nor um good. Like he's like fine. Yeah. No, that's not that. That that doesn't you know. that doesn't get you going. Exactly. All right. Well, any other uh, so any other you have no other trades you want to want to hit? No. Um, which, which player moving are you most excited about? I mean, I, I, I mean, obviously Kyrie. we would be the most excited if Kyrie left, but Kyrie. other than a net, what player in the NBA and the, you know, they're the Sabonis, oh, the McCollum's, the Simmons, Leverts, who, who are you most excited to see where they go? Uh, Simmons. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess, um, I, I guess he Simmons... has, has sort of dominated this conversation all season, huh? Yeah, yeah, but um, secondarily, I I think that like McCollum may be getting somewhat undervalued at this point, just because it's like, oh, he's not enough to be, you know, blah blah blah. But like a McCollum on this team, yeah, would be great. Oh yeah, 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 be incredible. God, it would be so incredible if we could trade Kyrie for Ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> we would be so much better with Ben Simmons. Yeah, it wouldn't help uh, old um, Harden's um, junked-up paint, but yes, it would no, be amazing no. for defense. Our, it would, our, for defense. our spacing issues would persist. But. Yeah, but and we would have an actual fast-breaking team, which we don't really have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, that was a pleasure. By next week, I guess we'll see if anything drops, right? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, something, something, something could have could happened. Something could have happened. I, you know, the the quieter things are in the in the front office of the Nets, the more likely something big is going to happen. Yeah, and yeah, they're always other, scheming. They're always scheming. They haven't really come out and you know there's not a lot of noise other than the mention that they're taking calls on Kyrie which literally would be a dereliction of duty were they not um so nothing's being reported which makes me think something is definitely happening yeah oh boy that's what you got to tell yourself if you're a Nets fan <laughs> don't worry Kyrie's not going to be our problem much longer he's not going to be oh my god he's going to be here for the rest of the time <laughs> He's picking up that player He's option. He's picking up that player option, and then they're going to extend him, and then, good God, we're never getting rid of him. <laughs> it would be so fun to see him play. Oh, yeah, on another team, for sure. <laughs>
Kyrie. Kyrie, Kyrie. All right, so we got to get to a mailbag here so that we can... We oh, can, shit. Uh, That's right. Shit, shit, shit. We can, you know, eventually wrap this thing up. I'm having a good time, though. Oh, yes. Uh, so a mailbag from listener IRLJZ was up. He has sent in another offhand corporate collaboration corner. Dun dun. So he said, me talking about Simon, your fashions, i.e., your sweater last week. Your uh, LL Bean, was it? I don't remember. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's LL Bean or, or Land's End, something of that nature. Right. He thought that was funny. So he said, Nets times fashion. Pair three Nets with three different fashion labels they should collaborate with, not counting sneakers. So no sneakers, because that okay. is, right. is too, That's a cop too common. Out. It's a cop-out. Sure. Uh, why don't I get us started? Okay. Okay. Thanks, Simon. <laughs> uh, Dolce & Gabbana. Okay. Do you know the brand? Of course I know the brand. D&G, like... baby, D&G. Uh, I think uh, there are lots of bootlegged Dolce & Gabbana out there. It's a well-known bootlegged brand, right? Mm-hmm. You go down to Canal Street, you'll be able to find some D&G gear. That's probably not true D&G gear. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Simon, what bootlegged means is that it looks like the real thing, but it's a fake. Uh-huh. And that is James Harden this season. Ooh. Oh. Sick burn. You looks will. like the old James Harden, but he ain't. <laughs> yeah, that, that. Ooh. Yeah, that was pretty fiery stuff. Huh? Yeah. Do no you kidding. own any D&G? No. Does Hillary? Uh, do you own any D&G? Dolce & Gabbana? Are you done with the podcast? No. no. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but... Do you, do you own, own any, any own D&G? Any? Yeah. yeah. I don't think so. Oh, you, that's a not shame. even any bootleg? Not any bootleg? William wants to know? No, I don't... <laughs> that's a no. Wow, um, Hillary. <laughs> no. I thought... Okay, go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, we're not a designer household. Okay. So what's your first collab? My first collab is Gucci. Now, folks, if you've seen House of Gucci, um, lately. Have you? The film, yes. Oh. Saw it at Nighthawk. You did? Yes. I haven't talked to you about this. No. Oh, maybe, I think we saw it just before I, I don't remember. Anyway, yes, saw it. Um, thought it was good. Uh, and it includes, it's all about, um, the, the Kuki family, the Gucci's. Yeah. And, uh, it has in particular a character played by Jared Leto, who they ugly up because Hollywood can't handle having an actual ugly person. So they just take an attractive person and put him in a fat suit, make him bald and add wrinkles. Like, Um, like not just normal attractive, like one of the most beautiful humans that's ever lived. Right, right. Exactly. Probably right. Exactly. At least like '90s to early 2000s, like top ten, probably. Oh, d- right. top three, yeah. <laughs> Jared Leto is gorgeous. Absolutely. Yes, he is. He yeah. is. Um, absolutely. Well, in this film, he is a fat, bald, wrinklyo, who is also a kind of just like 
I, I, I like a clueless um, thinks he's good at designing fashion, but is actually just like the idiot son. Mm hmm. Um, and that to me is perfect for Kuki Kyrie, who I think would probably drives his shoe designers nuts. With his, <laughs> you know, I mean, he does have good shoes, but I'm just willing to bet that Kyrie himself is not particularly the one making them good. No. And didn't he get super pissed at the last ones? He did. And I have to, again, I do have to agree with him that I think his, the, the latest ones are not as good as the other ones, but I do, I just refuse to believe that Kyrie is like actually an amazing shoe designer. Uh, okay. Well, my next one, even though we were explicitly told not to talk sneakers. Okay. My next one is kind of shoes. They're those things that like marathon runners wear that are like feet socks you know? Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're like, they look like your foot, but they're blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're weird, right? Yes. Like, I, I've i never worn them. They, they're not, that's not a shoe. That's weird, is <laughs> my reaction when I see them. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And that's also how I feel about Nick Claxton's comeback from this illness. Oh. It's weird. It's weird. It. It is weird. He seems like he's still right. Like, why didn't he play until the second half yesterday? What is going on? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, yeah. And they were saying he looked winded in the game before. Um, The guy's got to get got to get the shape going. He's feet socks to me. He's feet socks. I mean, I love him. I love him. But the feet socks thing, the feet socks, uh, I'm just saying this in relation to his return from the illness, not him as a person, him as a person. He's the Jared Leto of basketball. (laughs) He is an absolute smoke show. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Great comparison. Um, So my third, William, is... Your second. Oh, yeah. Shit, you're right. Um, (laughs) My second is... Um, Brooklyn hipster Joe Harris signing with uh, perhaps to me the most at least from a corporate level the most easily identifiable hipster brand American Apparel oh nice I think that went out of business several years ago I agree I think that is right but I think they may have done it in a in a like bankruptcy way where like Boston, the same way like Boston market went out of business. Uh huh. But then they like they still re-emerged. serving up great sides. Exactly. Great. I had a great conversation with Lane and Ashley about Boston market. Both Lane and I were howling for some B for some BM. But you didn't get any? No, I mean, no, we just talked about how great that, um, that I know we're running long here, but if you'll just permit me, how great that um, little shopping center, that uptown little shopping center where, thing used to be. Where with, uh, Kiva Juice was? Exactly. Yeah. Kiva, Old Navy. Uh, all those, like, um, not Radio Shack, but Radio Shack-like stores. Yeah, right yeah, there. right. Circuit City. Circuit City, yeah. yeah <laughs> I would go in yeah. there and buy, like, 100 uh, blank CDs to, yeah, ex- exactly. to rip some new ones. <laughs> exactly. Um, I just looked up American Apparel. You can still purchase stuff. I agree. I also heard that they were going into business, but um, okay, it's still available. All right. Nice. Can't wait to see the collab. My final one is Abercrombie and, Pitt and Fitch. Oh, very nice. Uh, when we were in middle school, high school, question mark. Cool, yeah. The, yeah. the cool, the not cool kids, but popular, very popular kids were. Mm-hmm. 
popular like blonde children for it. Mm-hmm. Um, the I friends. the yeah. Um, I never owned any, but it, it seemed cool. They had like the the hot dudes in front of the store. Exactly. And... Yes, those those guys were ripped. Yeah. But I have to imagine, and I, I, I don't know this for a fact. I don't have my finger on the pulse. I, I concede that. I can't imagine <laughs> it's cool anymore. I At least it's less cool. For yeah. God's sakes, at least it's got to be less cool. It has to be a little bit less cool than when, than like 1994. Right. Uh, um, or yeah. night six. 2004-ish. 2000, yeah. two, early 2000s. Early, late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, and that, to me, Simon, reminds me a lot of uh, Paul Millsap. Uh, I have the same, I have the exact same comparison, <laughs> except with Pacific Sun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Used to be awesome. <laughs> when Pacific Sunwear was on the Atlanta Hawks, it was awesome. <laughs> but then it went to Denver for a long time, and now it haunts the end of the Nets bench, and we just have to fucking deal with it. I have not totally given up on Millsap, I just want to say. He has not looked good, I admit, but I think there's still there's still a little juice. There's a little Millsap juice. Huh? <laughs> just like Crombie and Sun still got right. a little bit left in the tank. They got some in the tank. They got a little bit left in that old tank there. I see you f- decided to fully recline here at the end of the podcast. Uh-oh. What, what's, my, what's my view for you? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, just obviously laying down <laughs> as if you've just gotten back from an endurance sport. I did run today. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. You got to get that heartbeat up, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it it helps reduce risk of heart disease, right? Mm-hmm. By how much? A hell of a lot more than I do. How uh, how much does it reduce it by, according to Doctor Louie Lou? So if you do it seventy-five minutes a week, uh huh. Mu- that's not that much. No, it's not. But it is much more than I do it. Okay. Um, but you're right, it's not. <laughs> it reduces all-cause mortality by something. I don't remember the percentage, but I remember being quite surprised. And also, all-cause is a hell of a... Oh, not just the old ticker. No, all-cause mortality goes down by some percentage. But it's, it's hell on the knees, isn't it? Well, I think you, it's exercise that he's advocating for. It's not necessarily running. It's like vigorous exercise for 75 minutes. Oh, okay. You could swim. Sure, you could box. You could... You could box, yes. You could, you could ring your, give your your bell a ring in, <laughs> and give your ticker a new lease on life. Uh, amazing stuff, Simon. Who are we playing this week? Uh, we got. I know we got the Pistons. Okay. Um, w. Oh yes, hopefully. Um, and then. We go on to play the Raptors. Hopefully, another win. Okay, that's just before the the Kyrie Siakam trade. Exactly. That, that's exactly. That shakes that. the NBA to its very foundation. <laughs> and then the Sixers. Oh boy. Okay. Um. Yes, Magic Sunday. Probably before we record again, okay. or after we record. Again. Right. Yeah. Before we record. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. At some point. Yep. At some point. After uh, okay. 
Well, it's been a pleasure uh, discussing all things Nets Nation with you. I hope, listeners, if you're still here one hour and 15 minutes in, you hit us up and just say hi. Say hi. My name is blank. I insert adjective your show. Yes, but positive adjective, please. Yeah. Or I guess it's I verb your show. Verb your show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I verb your show. Uh, Would you talk about blank topic Mm -hmm. on your next podcast? I would get a real kick out of that. Signed, sincerely yours, and then put your name there after that. Right. Um, And then we'll read it out loud on the podcast and discuss whatever blank topic you put in to that form letter. Exactly. And big thank you to IRLJZ for, uh, for, you know, pulling pulling his weight out here. Keeping this whole thing afloat really exactly um all right simon i think we're gonna have to go ahead and see ya next time i was tired of my lady we'd been together too long like a worn out recording of a favorite song so while she lay there sleeping the paper in bed and in the personal columns there was this letter I read